A youth group in Dallas, Texas, decided that they wanted to do some ministry in a different part of town. They wanted to go to South Dallas. And so they decided that uh, they would get together the youth group or the church, and they proceeded to go into this largely forgotten neighborhood. It was a neighborhood that had a lot of vacant lots, um, a lot of boarded up homes, and even some homes that were like drug houses. Uh, But in the midst of this neighborhood, uh, that seemingly was seemed so forgotten. There were two homes belonging to two poor elderly women who probably had not gotten their house painted in, in probably decades. And so the youth group decided to go down and, and talk to them and, and uh, ask them if they could actually paint their homes. And so that's what they did. They scraped and they caulked and they cleaned and they did what they needed to do. And then they painted these two homes much to the gratitude of these two women who came out and made a meal for them. They sat down, they talked, it was a joyous occasion. That same youth group later in the year, uh, around the Christmas time, they decided, why not go back and, and uh, you know, sing some carols and maybe bring some gifts to these poor, lonely women. And so they got together and uh, uh, they, they started doing some fundraisers and, and this small youth group, uh, raised about 400 plus dollars and they decided that they wanted to get a couple of, you know, cards to give to these women as gifts, $200 a piece each for them to use as they saw fit. And so Christmas morning comes or around the Christmas season, uh, this youth group of about 45 young people, they all got into a bus and they landed into this poor neighborhood in Dallas, Texas and started singing Christmas carols and walking down the street. And one of these dear ladies, Miss, uh, Miss Violet, she looked outside the window, she saw what was happening, she heard the singing, but she did not come out or open a window to, to, to see what was happening. And so the youth group decided to knock at her house, at her door, and uh, she came out and uh, they reminded her that they were actually the youth group that had painted her house. and. Um, and so they sang Christmas carols, and, and then one of the young people came out uh, or came forward with a card from Miss Violet. And in the card, they had written this. This gift is our way of reminding you that God has not forgotten you. Immediately tears filled Miss Violet's eyes, and she said this. She said, dear young people, after my husband died, I was sure that God had forgotten me. Tonight, I know because of you and what you have done that he still remembers me and he knows that I am here. I love that story. You see, in Christianity, it all begins with the very truth and reality that God loves us and has not forgotten us. And so Paul, at to the church of Galatians, talking to them, uh, is talking to them about a process of understanding their identity in Christ, that he's reminding them of their past, that, that they had abandoned their past away from God, and they were now sons and daughters, not because of their own merits, but because Jesus had made them sons and daughters, no longer slaved, enslaved to the world, but heirs because of God's love and approval of them. And so in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 9, we read these very words. But now 
that you have come to know God, and listen to this, or rather, to be known by God. How can you turn back to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you uh, you want, want uh, to be at once. You, like, you, you were slaved at once of the elementary, of the principles of this world. How can you go back to that? In essence, what Paul was telling the Galatians is that now that you know God, or even better stated that, and I'm paraphrasing this, now that you are known by God, how can you go back to the principles that enslaved you as believers. Now, the word that I want to focus on as part of this uh, uh, message is the word known. Because Paul says we are known by God. And just like the woman in the opening story that I shared with you, uh, she was forgotten. She was alone. And I think that for for many of us, whether you're a believer or not, we struggle with the concept that, that sometimes we feel lonely. We feel forgotten. Have you ever struggled with feeling forgotten? I think even during this coronavirus pandemic, because of physical isolation and, and so many people feeling like they have been lonely for so long in their homes or maybe not having as much interaction with people and they feel they feel forgotten you read it about it the mental health issues have been on the rise and even suicide attempts have been on the rise because people are feeling lonely they're feeling dejected they're feeling forgotten and many struggles with that very thing and do not know where to turn for answers you know, even with or without Jesus, we can sometimes feel lonely and lost. Whether forgotten in a sea of people, in a huge crowd, or even isolated in the confines of our homes. But I want you to know that there are good news today. You are known by God because He is so intentional. Guys, this is... <clears throat> the very starting point of Christianity, understanding that we are not alone, understanding that he will never for, forget us. He will never leave us. In, in, in Matthew, we read that Jesus, when he ascended into heaven, he told his disciples, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He will never forsake us. That is the very starting point. That's where we start with Christianity. It is not just a religious activity. It is not just going to church. It is not just reading the Bible to know that we are doing our religious duties. But Christianity is all about understanding the love of the Father for us, that He loves us, that He will never leave us nor forsake us. We are not alone. We are not forgotten. We are known by God. If you're watching this and in your heart you have not yet accepted Christ as your Savior, I would say this, that yes, you can be known by God too. Even if you stop right now and you take a pause of this video and you say, Jesus, come into my heart. Confess your sins to him. Let him know that you're repentant for the way, just like the Galatians, they needed to be reminded that they should not go back 
to the, the, the patterns and the principles that they have lived in the world prior to Jesus. You can do the same. You can confess your sins to him and accept Jesus into your heart because he loves you. He loves you. As believers, we can also feel lonely and forgotten and abandoned. The devil's plan is to discourage us and to make us feel that God does not care for us. Now, you may be struggling with that, and you may not even realize it, that that is exactly what the devil wants you to do, to feel uh, uh, abandoned, to feel lonely and, and dejected and just push God to the side and say, why do I even need God if I'm struggling with all of these feelings? You see, you may feel overlooked even. Maybe you did not receive the answer to that prayer that you expected an answer to be a yes for. And so you feel like you've been dismissed, neglected, and your faith walk is feeling shaky and you're faltering in your faith. But I want to remind us today of this truth that as believers, we are known by God. You are known by God. And he promises to never leave us nor forsake us. Paul reminded the Galatians believers that this incorrect view of God could actually cause them to be stuck in a very dangerous mindset, in a very dangerous pattern of thinking. This type of mindset leads to a wrong, a false belief system that God is detached and God is aloof, is in heaven, is unconcerned with us. But here's what the Bible says, and I want us to, re, to be reminded of these principles today. Number one, God numbers the hairs on our heads. This is amazing, guys. Luke 12, 6 and 7 says this. Are not five sparrows sold for two cents? Yet not one of them is forgotten before God. I mean, like a tiny value, yet God does not forget them. Indeed, the very hairs on your head are all, all, remember that word, they're all numbered. Do not fear, you are more valuable than many sparrows. Guys, when I think of these verses, I think that God is so meticulous. A tiny little sparrow that may seem so insignificant to most people. You see little sparrows fly, they come and go, and yet God does not forget them. They're not forgotten before God. But then he says that he has the hairs on your heads, on our heads numbered. Now, I have better hair, and you probably have just as much hair. And imagine this, that God has your Hairs numbered, mine, your, all of your families, everyone in this world. That is mind-boggling. And that is because God is just illustrating the very truth and reality that He loves us, that He cares for us, that as much as He understands what we're going through, guys, He has the numbers of our hairs counted. How much more will he not know? Would he not know the struggles that we're feeling? We are not alone. We are not forgotten. We are known by God. The second thing I want us to remind us of is that God has our names engraved on his hand. This is powerful. 
Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 16 says, Behold, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. Wow. Wow. He has your name. Bobby, Lisa, David, Kate, John, Spencer, Josh, Mary, all, all names engraved on the palm of his hands. You know, I've, sometimes I think and I've seen people engraving and tattooing names of family members that were deceased, that, that had passed away, that were so dear to them. And they put their names and pictures and praying hands because they want the world and people that know them to know that they are not forgetting those individuals. You know, when a name is engraved even on a cup or a medal that you win, it's so that it's never forgotten. The win that 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 person achieved is recorded for posterity, for history. I want you to know that God knows your name. God knows my name. And he has inscribed it in the palm, the palm of his hands. You are not forgotten. You are known by God. The third thing I want us to be reminded of is that God will never forget us. In Isaiah 49, again, in verse 15, this time it says this, Can a woman forget her nursing child, that she should have no compassion on her, of her, on, her on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. You know, I love this picture of God because it expresses love in a maternal sense. You know, God is our father, but he's also our mother. He's our brother. He's he's everything. And so this gives a picture of God's love in a maternal sense. As a man, obviously, for me personally, I cannot understand the nursing part. But I do know that when our children were babies, that when they were hungry, they were in need of nurturing. My wife would take them into her arms and bring her to her breast and feed them and nurture them and give them what they needed. And in the same way, God is saying in the scripture that he would take us into his bosom. He's going to take us close to him. He's going to love us. And that is a picture of a God that will never forsake us, never forget us. He ministers to us when we are needy, when we are dejected. He is the very one that right now knows what you are going through. And he wants to take you in his arms and let you feel and hear his heartbeat. And let you know that he is near you, that he will not leave you, not forsake you. Church and everyone watching this, he loves you. He loves us. We are known by God. The last thing I want us to be reminded of is that God has written our names in a book called the Book of Life. In Luke chapter 10 and verse 20, it says this, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. And I'll explain what that means. But he said that the spirits are subject to you. But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This is... I see the scripture as the ultimate of being remembered and the complete opposite of feeling forgotten. 
in this, uh, in, to give you a little context in this, uh, of this verse that, we, uh, that I've read, Jesus was sending out the disciples, the 70, and he gave them power to perform miracles, signs, and wonders. But you know what? What strikes me is that Jesus said, don't rejoice just in this. Don't rejoice that demons are subject to you. Don't rejoice that everyone you pray for gets healed. There's something more powerful than that. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Guys, that's amazing. We make sometimes such a huge deal over the things that God does not consider as big. We consider signs and wonders and miracles. And please don't misunderstand me. There are manifestations of the power of God. But there's something more powerful than those manifestations. And that is that our names are written in the book of life. God has literally written your name and my name in his precious book. And one day he will read each and every name that is written into that book and he will open heaven's gates and he will welcome, welcome Johnny, welcome Bobby, welcome Lisa, welcome, 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 welcome. You're welcome, welcome into the rest that God has prepared for us. We are not forgotten. Our hairs are counted. Our names are engraved on the palm of his hands. He will never forget us. He will never forget us. And in our names, he recorded in the book of life. This to me is an amazing truth today. I felt so prompted by the Holy Spirit to share this with you because I truly believe that we are living in a time and an era where we feel so forgotten, so neglected, so lonely, so alone. But guys, we are not forgotten. And you know, I wanna share this quote that I read from a pastor preaching on Isaiah 49. He says, as you reflect upon these truths, these core truths, about God and his nature towards you, you need to realize that you are important to God. Do not misconstrue your hardships and struggle as a reflection reflection of God's affection and love for you. That is so important. We misconstrue the struggles and the things that we go through in life as a reflection, as if God has forgotten us, has neglected us, but he is not. And as I mentioned at the beginning, the devil's plan is to cause us to be deceived, to make us think that God does not care. He wants to alter our perception of God so that he can place himself on the throne of our thoughts and meditations and dethrone God. And I'm telling you right now, that is a lie from the pit of hell. And I proclaim and declare to you today that that he will not dethrone God from the, the, the place where our meditations and our thoughts are, that I believe that today, if you're listening to the sound of my voice, that God is going to encourage you and strengthen you and cause you to believe that he alone, that he alone is the God who loves and cares for you and for me. It's up to us 
to cast down those thoughts. And 2 Corinthians 10.5 says that we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion that raises itself against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive. I speak to you today that if you are being discouraged by the enemy, that you would take those thoughts captive in the name of Jesus. I Even now, I take authority in the name of Jesus over every thought that you have in your mind that is contrary to the word of God. We must reset our perception. He has not forgotten us. We must draw close to God and take every opportunity to talk to him and share with him exactly how we feel. Because when we do, you can rest assured that he loves you and he cares for you and he will understand you are loved. Don't let the enemy drag you into a mire of lies. His aim is to keep you stuck in a loop of hopelessness and he keeps going around like the people of Israel in a desert for 40 years struggling with the concept of trusting God and not knowing that they could actually get out of that place if they completely trusted in God. You know what? I want you to know that you can get out of that loop of hopelessness. God's goal is to lift us up and to help us realize that we are loved and cherished and not forgotten. I pray today that your eyes, as my eyes have been open, as I meditated on these scriptures and on these realities, that your eyes will be open to see the truth of God's word, that you are not forgotten, that you are loved, your hairs are counted, your name is engraved on the palm of God's hand, that he will never forget you, and that your name is recorded in heaven. I pray that those will become truth and realities in your spirit today and that he will write them on the tablet of your heart. I pray this in Jesus' name. God bless you.